All right. Welcome to another episode of Gin and Truth. I'm the captain of this ship, Robert motherfucking Reed. I got a tumble full of Hendrix. I got a mindful of thoughts. Let's go. Let's go. All right, gang, as we jump into this one, there's going to be some disclaimers. Let me get some housekeeping uh, out of the way. Uh, as a result of today's subject matter, for, probably for the first time in gin and truth history, there's probably not going to be a lot of gin consumption. Uh, we'll be talking about sexual assault rate, celebrity culture, shit like that, the culture of winning in NCAA athletics. And this is not an appropriate time for Uncle Bobby to get slosh fucked up or anything like that. So I'm going to take this one very seriously. I also want to acknowledge before I kick this thing off, I am not a rape survivor. I have never been touched inappropriately, any of that. Now, I do have the the eyes of a self-defense teacher. Again, if you follow me on Twitter, if you even heard a couple of my episodes about it, I've been teaching women how to fight for probably about the last 15 years. I have heard stories so fucking gruesome that I've literally come home and just drank myself silly trying to forget what it is I just heard. So, again, I I am not coming at this from an expert's point of view. Uh, I don't want to give too much publicity or anything to some of the people and schools and institutions I'm going to be calling out. So just to wrap up a little bit of this housekeeping gang, uh, this is Uncle Bobby saying, one, he's not a rape survivor. Two, I I don't have an expert's eye. I've never been raped. And there's some of this is going to be my opinion mixed with my experience as a self-defense teacher. And yeah, like I said, there's going to be very little gin in gin and truth because this one deserves full focus, full focus. So gang, let me start off, talk just broad discussion about the topic of rape. Uh, it's fucked up. Hey, that, that's just, that's the bottom line. I should stop the episode right there. But apparently this is something that has to be talked about, right? Gang, rape is not sex. Sex is not rape. This is not about attraction, Right? Now, if I had a night with Christina Hendricks, that's all about a curvy redhead. Are you fucking kidding me? That's called sex. Everything else is called rape. Now, again, some of you assholes, some of you jackasses don't know what the definition of no is. Right? Uncle Bobby has found a way to make almost five decades without sticking his meat in a hole that did not want it in there. Right. I mean, how hard is it not to fucking do something? Right. So, again, it's I'm thinking about some of these stories that I've heard in my time as a self-defense teacher. And you're like, it should stop at just saying no. Right. Again, it's like, yo, if she says no. And yes, I'm I, I, I and yes, I am acknowledging that men are rape survivors as well. Sexual assault survivors as well. Men can be victims of sexual harassment as well. But today I'm going to focus on the ladies because that is what I'm somewhat educated on the topic because of what it is I do for a living, right? And I've said this in a video on Twitter. 
right? Guys, listen up and write this shit down. Maybe write it on your fucking forehead in permanent marker. If if I say this, you're like, oh, I just learned something. Yeah, I'm talking to you, right? If she kisses you, that is not consent to sex. If she says no at any time, any stroke after that is officially fucking rape. If she has drinks with you at a bar, has dinner with you, that is not consent to sex. If you are in the middle of the greatest hand job or blow job in the history of hand jobs or blow jobs, and she stops for any reason at all whatsoever, the party is officially over. Go jerk one on your own. Anything after that, congratulations, you just raped somebody. Now, here's the kicker. And it's almost amazing that I have to say this out loud. You could be in the middle of sex. You could literally be three strokes away from the biggest gorilla nut you have ever busted in your life. Your spine is going to break. And if she says no, no matter what the motivation You got to put the brakes on, Jack, because any stroke after that, congratulations, you just raped somebody. Now, again, I don't think Uncle Bobby is rare, but anything past, anything other than enthusiastic consent, I'm not turned on. I'm not talking about role playing or anything like that. I'm talking if Susie Q straight up says no, you say, there's like, okay, done. And you know what, gang? I've been there. Lots of us have been there. We were in the middle of sex. And I, again, and one thing I will also say is there's going to be very little details. So you guys are going to have to fill in some blanks. But I've been in that situation. In the middle of sex, someone starts crying. And then someone will tell you, basically, this is reminding me of something else. You know what Uncle Bobby did? Operation shutdown. I was like, how can I help you? Is there some place I can drive? Is there a phone number we can call? So again, again, it, If you are not invited in someone's house, get the fuck out. And even if you are invited in her house and she says you need to leave, pack your gear and get the fuck out. It's just really that simple, right? So, again, I'm going to be all over the place a little bit, gang, but I want to make sure I get all this shit in. Oh, Bubba's being a dick. Hey, guys, stop it. Here, Here we go again. I just did yesterday's episode, and this shit happened yesterday. And so now... I'm sitting here having a serious-ass conversation with you guys. I said I'm not going to drink, but what I didn't tell you is that apparently my dogs didn't get the memo not to be assholes. But back on topic. So, again, that, that's that's rape, right? It, it, again, if she says no, you stop. If she says no before you start, your monkey ass doesn't even get in the fucking starting blocks. It should really be that fucking simple. Now, we're, we're going to move on to kind of the focus of today. Again, I've told you before, Uncle Bobby cannot stand the NCAA. That that is the biggest group of gangsters and pimps the world has ever fucking seen. There is no reason for the NCAA to exist. And I'm not even bullshitting. Go listen to my other episode about the NCAA. The NCAA's only mission is to make sure they line their fucking pockets. It is a brilliant money-making scheme. 
Please notice how the coach gets older and richer, but the quarterback never gets older than 21 years old. Now, he'll get his Nike endorsements, his Reebok, his Powerade, his Gate Trade, his Wheaties box, company cars. He's making millions of fucking dollars. You know what these kids get? Broken spines and brain damage. And again, there's this big asterisk. The reason why they can't pay the athletes? We're not employees. By law, we're not employees, right? And you can go fuck yourself. The NCAA is fucking useless. Now, the reason why I got to talk about the fucking NCAA is, first, here's two things that I actually think the NCAA has done right, honestly and truly. Number one, how they handled the transgender competitor uh, uh, issue. They got in line with the IOC, and they said, one year of the full meal deal, you have to live fully as the gender of your preference. Then you can step on the court. I just belched. Hashtag unprofessional. Then you can step on the court. Then you can step on the field of play. Then you can go in. After one year of living fully as your preferred gender, then you can compete. I actually agree with that. Number two, last year, 2020, when COVID took over sports, it absolutely transformed and transmogrified eligibility. And it just, it, honestly, it was not fair. And so the NCAA said, last year will not count against your eligibility. I actually agree with that. Everything else they do is fucking useless. All they are there to do is to fucking collect checks, right? And even if they're not multi-trillionaires, they are making more money than the kid who's making number, let's say number 12 jersey, sell like fucking hotcakes, Again, they're gangsters. They're pimps. And the real reason why I got to start off talking about the NCAA gang is the, the morality. My dad, he's cleaning out the house right now. He actually gave me my NCAA letter of intent, right? I signed that shit in February of 1991 when I became a Texas Longhorn. And I told you guys in that episode, there's a morality clause that none of us were aware of and it's and it's nebulous at best it's it's so ill-defined so loosely defined that if you fart without saying excuse me and they think that's immoral they've got grounds to dismiss you from your scholarship again no ncaa team is obligated to fulfill the length of that contract five years four years six days they're under no obligation to keep your monkey ass on that team. They're just not. For instance, there uh, I was thinking about it on the way home. She played basketball. He ran track. Both of them were NCAA athletes. They engaged in consensual sexual activity. One of those encounters, she got pregnant. Now, she was dismissed from her scholarship, a.k.a. they kicked her ass out of school. You want to know why? They said what you did was immoral. You know what happened to the boy? Not a fucking thing. He was able to continue to bounce a ball and shoot it and dunk it. She got kicked out, never got a chance to finish her education. So my point is, when they say morality, they're making it up as they go. There are no hard lines. Now, this kind of brings me to the first one, the biggest one, Baylor University. 
I've been seeing because they just kind of banged the gavel on what Baylor will receive in terms of penalty over that shit that, that's been going on for that we're aware of probably for about the last 10 to 12 years. Baylor has got a severe black eye. Their reputation is what the University of Colorado's reputation was in the 80s and the 90s. And I remember lots of uh, sports commentators like, hey, Colorado, uh, if it's not too much to ask, could you stop raping the girls on your fucking campus? I mean, it was it was gross. It, it was spreading like the flu, like fucking COVID. And, and, it, and no penalties were handed down. You want to know why? Because those boys were making money for the fucking school. Now, bottom line is, gang, Baylor got, I think it was four years worth of probation and had to pay a $5,000 fine. $5,000. Now, your average person walking the streets, they're like, oh, shit, that's, that's a good chunk of change. Gang, when you're an NCAA program football $5,000 is literally less than me reaching into my pocket right now and pulling out a nickel. Now, Baylor's problem, <laughs> besides a lot of shit, again, I'm not going to say any, a lot of these fuckers' names. They, they deserve no airtime and no press. But Art Bryles was the head coach of the Baylor football team during a lot of this shit. Uh, I would say 90% of this shit. There was one instance where he recruited a football player from another NCAA program, knowing in advance that this kid had problem with females on campus. So again, I'm not going to get into a shit ton of details, but let's just say what he did at campus A, he did when he got to fucking Baylor. Art Browse was aware. Now, the difference between the Baylor uh, victims and the Colorado victims and again, no one, no woman is to blame at all whatsoever. But legally, the big difference between the survivors on Colorado's campus and Baylor's campus, they act, the Baylor girls, the women, they came forward. They filed police reports. Yeah. Art Bryles was fully aware of all of this shit. And you know what he did? Not a fucking thing. You want to know why? They were winning. Gang, when I played, and again, this is not some disgruntled Texas Longhorn. They, I'm an old Southwest Conference guy, right? This isn't me just reliving an old fucking uh, Southwest Conference rivalry. Not at all. Baylor was never a good team. Their, their mascot, if you don't know, they're the Baylor Bears. You know what we always called them? The Care Bears. They, they, they were on a great day average. Right. I, I, it, this is kind of the team that you always scheduled your homecoming against so you can be guaranteed a fucking victory. Right. Baylor's always just been average to me. That's Baylor. But when our browse took over, they went from me. OK, to literally top 10 caliber football team status. There were times where they were talking about fucking national championships for Baylor. They were going to tier one bowls for the first time literally in decades. They had Robert Griffin Jr. Baylor's first ever Heisman. For the first time ever, people were turning on their TV just to see Baylor play football. I remember I played 
in Waco. And gang, it was a fucking refugee camp. I bullshit you not when I tell you. That was the worst stadium I've ever gotten dressed in or played in. I still remember one of my teammates before one of the games, he had to take a shit. And I lied to you not. The locker room was so small. And we had females on our staff. We, again, sparing details, let's just say this guy had to take a shit and the toilet was basically smack dab in the middle of the fucking locker room. So we all kind of formed a circle around him to give him some semblance of privacy and just being old school guys that we are, we escorted the women out, right? I mean, Baylor's stadium sucked. Then Baylor started not sucking as a football program. They get this huge infusion of money, and now they're playing in a stadium. That would make the Dallas Cowboys say, God damn, I need me some of that. They've got all this money. They've got all this success coming in for the very first time. And now they're having to deal with sexual assault and rape charges. And again, gang, these women did everything you were supposed to do legally. Art Briles sat on his fucking hands and didn't do a thing. Baylor was making money for the first time ever. They're getting national prestige for the first time ever. He knew that at least one of those boys had a bad reputation coming off of another school and he didn't do a fucking thing. Uncle Bobby has said it before. If you guys ever want to solve the problem with what's going on in America, this is how you do it. You pay the third grade teacher $7 million a year. You play the NFL quarterback $17,000 a year. Watch how our priorities start to switch around. Again, gang, it, 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 the bottom line of any business is to make money. NCAA athletes are employees. Those head coaches, they are the fucking boss. Now, again, tell Art Browse, you're going to go from making $5 million a year to $50,000 a year. What do you think he's going to say? He's going to do everything he can to fucking protect his bottom line. And he did it by covering up rape. Gang, and I saw the videos. Those women not only came forward, but they showed some of the emails that they sent to the then president. Ken Starr, the athletic director, and fucking Art Bryles. You know what the subject matter was? I was raped by Baylor football players. Do you know what they did? Not a goddamn thing. You want to know why? Baylor, for the first time ever, was being talked about as a national fucking powerhouse. Again, when you attach that much money, that much prestige, people are going to start to look the other way. In the early 2000s, it was deemed the culture of winning. And the NCAA actually said, no more. We were no more going to look the other way. Now, the culture of winning means, gang, for those of you who don't follow NCAA sports, that they were no longer going to put legalities and moralities over sports and money. Yeah, they fucking failed at that task, didn't they? Again, so far as long, I guarantee you, gang, I guarantee you. Kansas football, not basketball. Kansas football is a joke. It is an absolute joke. <laughs> watching them play fucking football is like watching me do math. You know the bottom line is this is going to be bad, right? I guarantee you, let a Kansas football player fuck around and rape a girl. 
He, he wouldn't make the afternoon. He would be in front of a fucking firing squad, Jack. Now, Kansas basketball is another sort. Kansas basketball is constantly in the hunt for the national championship. Let one of those kids step out of line. Watch how fast they dismiss those claims. As a matter of fact, while you're bullshit, you want to talk about basketball. <laughs> hey, let me tell you something there, fuckfaces. Uh, Baylor basketball was the same as their football program. A joke. It just, it, that, that was a scrimmage at best. That wasn't an actual game. Then there was some success. Do you guys remember when one Baylor basketball player committed homicide? Yeah, they swept that shit under the rug as long as they could. Head coach Leary told his players, man, look the other way. Then it just got to a point that you couldn't ignore it anymore. It became a national story. He literally murdered someone and just fucking left a body in the woods. So again, it's called the culture of winning. When the success of the program is more important than doing what is right, you get a Baylor basketball. You get a Baylor fucking football. Gang, that also brings me to fucking Penn State University. Did you guys know I could have gone to Penn State? You guys know I almost went to fucking Penn State? <laughs> the fucked up portion is the guy who I'm getting ready to talk about, he would have been my position coach. Yeah, Jerry Sandusky. You guys heard that name, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing, gang. Oh, you know what? I'm going to write this down. Art and Chopa. So I want to make sure I get all this in. Again, this is a sensitive-ass topic, and I don't want to fuck this shit up. But Jerry Sandusky was the defensive coordinator and the linebackers coach for uh, Penn State. I'm not bullshit when I think I tell you since the late 70s. He has been there since dinosaurs roamed the earth. He has been beyond successful. In the 90s, that's why I almost went there. It was called uh, Linebacker U. Gang, if you played linebacker at fucking Penn State, you were, you could have written your ticket to go to the NFL. They were putting linebackers in the NFL like Harvard puts fucking lawyers in the law offices. It was ridiculous. That's why I almost went. But then my monkey ass went to Texas instead. And I'm glad. I have no regrets. But again, I told y'all, there was a Mike McQuarrie guy, and I'm going to get back on Penn State. That's where the term rhythmical slapping came in. That's that's where it became a punchline almost because he was a graduate assistant, which means he played football there, is doing his graduate work, did his uh, master's. He was going to go into coaching. Now that guy can't fucking clean toilets out of Wendy's. You want to know why? Because after practice, when everyone is showering up and getting, or the locker rooms are locking down, he hears... Rhythmical slapping. Everyone's gone. He goes into the shower to see what is that sound. Gang, it is ugh, it is Jerry Sandusky, let's just say, hurting a little boy. Mike McQuarrie walked in on that. They said his eyes met the boys. The boys met Mike McQuarrie's. You know what Mike McQuarrie did? He turned around. Gang, let me tell you something if that was Uncle Bobby. Because again, me and Mike are the same age. We would have played at the same time. If I would have turned the fucking corner and seen a grown man raping a little boy, that headline would have been a lot fucking different, right? 
Uh, and leadoff news today, uh, All-American linebacker for Penn State, Robert Reed, castrates Jerry fucking Sandusky with his bare hands and then beats the shit out of him and throws what's left in his body in a fucking trash can. Gang, Jerry Sandusky's criminal activity was one of Penn State's most openly kept secrets. Everyone knew. No one did a fucking thing about it. You want to know why? Joe Paterno and fucking Penn State had the single most spectacular reputation in all of NCAA football at the time. His graduation rate rivaled Eddie uh, Robinson, the coach from Grambling. If 10 players signed up to play, 11 of them fucking graduated. He put countless guys in the NFL that literally changed the way that we play football. Joe Paterno was known. He lived on, relatively speaking, sticks and seeds. He easily could be making multi, 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 millions of dollars, but he chose to not do it. He's like, I just pay me the bare minute. I'm, I'm good to go. I don't need much. And we loved him. Joe Paterno's reputation was the guy who always did the right thing. But here's the thing, gang. That news eventually hit Joe Paterno's desk. Now, here's the thing. Joe Paterno did the absolute bare minimum, just like Art Bryles did the absolute bare minimum. Like he, he told like the night watch guy <laughs> to make sure that no one breaks into the locker room and steals the equipment. So legally, he did the right thing. He reported it. Now, here's what I'm talking about, the NCAA gang, and why they're useless sacks of shit. Art Bryles and Joe Paterno. Let's start with Art Bryles. Art Bryles was fired, gang, not because he did anything wrong. Because you want to know what? He didn't. No. Under NCAA rules, Art Bryles did nothing fucking wrong. He didn't. That's why there are no NCAA sanctions upon Art Bryles. Even though one of his players is doing over 20 years for rape, by NCAA standards, Art Bryles did nothing wrong. The only reason why he got fired is because he was a bad look for the school. So tell me again, what's the NCAA there for? They're just there to collect checks. They had no problem dismissing a little girl because she got pregnant. Because you broke the morality clause. Art Bryles sat on the information that he had a football team full of fucking rapists and he didn't do a fucking thing. There are no sanctions, no loss of scholarships, nothing, no loss of airtime, can't go to bowl games, none of that. Same thing with Joe Paterno. You want to know why Joe Paterno got fired? The exact same reason fucking Art Bryles got fired. He got fired simply because it was a bad look on Penn State. There no Joe Paterno did the bare minimum, told campus security. Now, if, if I drive the getaway car on a bank robbery, you'll never guess what. I'm complicit. My monkey ass goes to jail, right? I'm sure by some state law, uh, these two coaches broke the law. But by NCAA and local standards, they actually did it. So, again, why do we need an NCAA for shit? These men were sitting on top of information 
that their players were raping women. Again, by NCAA standards, they didn't break any fucking rules. Not a single one. So again, these men were fired only because it was a bad look for this school. And again, the meager sanctions that they're suffering is just to keep people's mouths shut. So again, these two guys sat on the information that their football players were raping women left and right, and they didn't do a fucking thing about it, or they did the bare minimum and still call themselves human beings. Gang, I'm going to do another portion of this, and this actually brings me no pleasure at all whatsoever. And again, I, I this is a hard one for me, and I'm going to tell you some personal stories and some other shit when I get back. But gang, thanks to the world's greatest DJ, I'm looking at the clock, and I'm pressing up on the 29-minute mark. You know the drill. Say it with me. The weasel is about to be drained. And gang, for the first time, I'm not going to freshen up this delicious motherfucking Hendrix. Then I'll be back for part two of Gin and Truth. Let's go. And Truth. recognize for the one millionth time this is probably not going to be the best episode i've ever done i just had to get this shit off my chest but but before i now ah, fuck it, let's just roll with it and last time i checked gang it was literally like 88 some odd percent of all rape and sexual assault stories are spot on right yes they're going to be false accusations of rape yes they're going to be false accusations of me too but don't let that handful take attention away from the 88% of those that are telling the truth. If your financial advisor told you, hey, let's take $2,000 and roll it into Jelly Bean Futures. I've done all the projections, and it looks like if we roll in $2,000 here, it's going to turn into $20,000 in three years. You know what your response is going to be? Why the fuck are we only doing $2,000? An 88% chance that this shit's going to... Shut the fuck up. Right? So again, bottom line, when someone comes forward and tells you that they have been raped, write that shit down. Yes, there are going to be false accusations. Uh, Actually, here, personal story time. Fuck it. Let's just fuck this episode all the way up, right? Gang, and... Oh, God, was that 93? I think we had an off week. It was... Off week, if you don't know what that means, it's the week that you don't play football during the season, right? Gang, I went to go see my mom and my dad, right? They were right outside of Fort Sam Houston at the time. And I am a mama's boy by fucking definition. (laughs) And so I, it's like, what, we don't play this week? Fuck it. So last practice, I literally, I shit showered and shaved. I, I had my bag already packed. And gang, I literally went straight from practice to knocking on my mama's door. 
And I mean, ah, oh, fuck me. She would cook. We would. If I was not in Austin playing football, I was up underneath my mama's wing. That's just the way it works out. And I had a great weekend with moms, great weekend with dad. They fed me and mom being mom, you know, washed every fucking ounce of clothing you got. Y'all know the drill because she's your mom, right? Gang, I bullshit you not. I get back to the athletic dormitory and my teammates are like, Bobby, Bobby, Reed, Bob, hey, Bob, hey, let me holler at you. I'm like, what? I just got back. What are you talking about? Did I miss a game? <laughs> what, what, what? Dead serious on everyone's face. I'm like, Bobby, seriously. You need to start watching your back. It's like, why? Long story short, gang, someone had accused me of rape. Yeah, they did. Now, gang, let me tell you something about Uncle Bobby, right? I've had more than one sexual partner, less than a thousand, but more than one. Gang, if if there's one complaint I've never had, it is the length of my Johnson. But you know what I'm not? I'm not 77 miles long. I was in my fucking childhood bedroom at the time of this assault. Now, again, I'm not doubt. And you know the fucked up thing is, gang? To this day, I don't know who that is. I've got no clue. It could be one of you guys listening. I've got no idea who this person is, right? Long story short, when it was time for me to go in, I guess, to defend myself, it was like, ah, yeah, no need. And again, no names, but they were like, okay, if we're going to take this to the next step, we need to know exactly. Because if it's Bobby Reed, his ass is out of here. And gang, she was she pumped the brakes. It was like, well, maybe it was this guy. Uh, again, long story short, no details. You know what I had in common with every single person that she named? We were all somewhere between 6'2 and 6'4. We all had a mustache and a goatee, and none of us had hair. We were all around 235, 255. So, again, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it didn't happen. But I can guarantee you it wasn't me, right? So, again, yeah, there are going to be some instances to where someone speaks up and this shit didn't happen. I'm living proof. I, I'm glad. I, I, I like playing football. And more importantly, I like not having a sexual assault on my criminal record. Yeah. I think the worst thing I got right now. Fuck, speeding, <laughs> oh, uh, some other bullshit. Oh, oh, an illegal left-hand turn on campus. I remember that. I was like, oh, I'm about to die. No, he gave me a ticket and said, get the fuck out of here. So again, does it happen? Yes, it does. But it doesn't mean we need to ignore the almost 90% of rape survivors who come forward and say, yo, again, write that shit down. Again, I'm actually going to do another episode on this with me and my best friend. We got to hammer out some fucking details. Put back on top it. So, gang, this brings me, sadly, back home to the University of Texas at Austin. Gang, there was two football players that was dismissed before a bowl game. <laughs> yeah, again, no details. But the boys, they fucked up. They, they did. They broke the law and literally the night before. And these were two high profile players. Mac Brown kicked their asses off and said, you get to go home. You do. Neither one of them saw the inside of a jail. And I'm not going to get into the legalities of it. But again, the, <laughs> the University of Texas gang, at least when I played, we were the number two most recognized symbol in all of NCAA sports. 
Back then, the only one who sold more merch than us were the Michigan Wolverines. And I remember going to New York once. This was long after my playing career had uh, finished up. Gang, I was in New York. Do you know how many Division I schools are between Austin, Texas, and the Big Apple? Countless. You know whose merch I saw more on baseball hats and T-shirts and shit like that? Mine. The lone Longhorn with a white backdrop. We're talking literally hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars being made off of that symbol. That symbol comes first. That little girl who accused those two boys of rape. And you know what? It was a legit complaint when we did a little research on it. Did the University of Te- the University of Texas isn't coming off that money gang. They're just not. And again, I, I'm not going to get into the legalities of it, but dismissing those boys was the absolute bare minimum you could have possibly done. And again, I, I do not want to bash my own school and I do not want to give out a shit ton of details, but that coach, again, I, I actually talked about it in a previous episode. After Barack Obama won his second seat as president, one of the UT football players put out a tweet saying, uh, reading, uh, there's a coon in the White House, hunters get your guns. Gang, he, he did the exact same thing to that kid as the two boys who raped a girl. Now, the fucker who said that racist ass shit, he deserved what he got. But I'm just sitting here and I'm a guy to ask the question. Now I sound like fucker Tucker Carlson, don't I? Why didn't they go to jail? So again, gang, it's, it's, it is this culture of winning. Again, if you want to start changing shit around, this is what you do. Again, you, you, you stop paying athletes, which is weird because I'm one of them. Stop paying us $100 million, right? Give those teachers, right? Isn't that what we're saying right now, how important kids are, right? Well, the people who are in charge of your kids' futures, I know several of them who fucking can't make ends meet. We pay teachers so little. Again, our priorities are bass backwards. We'd much rather be entertained than have smart kids. And again, this culture of winning. And again, you think I'm bullshitting? Go to a sports store right now. And if you can, think of what your kid's seventh grade teacher's last name is. You don't even know it, do you? You got no fucking clue. Let's say it's Johnson. Go find that teacher's fucking jersey. Oh, that's right. You can't. But again, you know every stat of your favorite college quarterback. This is the problem. And again, I'm beating up my own kind. Now I'm like fucking uh, Candace Owens, right? I'm selling out my own people. But I'm like my dad. What's right is right. This culture of winning has got to stop. And the fucked up thing, gang, is I haven't even begun to scratch the surface. I actually have it. I can do an entire two-hour episode with details on just the Colorado Buffaloes from the late 80s and early 90s. But back then, those guys were pumping out the likes of Eric Bieniemy, Cordell Stewart. And he did nothing wrong, but I played against a Heisman Trophy winner. I still look at my chest, and I see his Adidas footprint because that dude stomped the shit out of me. Rashawn Salam. You know what? I am going to tip one back for my main man, Rashawn. Let me tell you the reason why. Matter of fact, I may need to do, let me write this shit down. Mental health. 
Me and Rashawn are the exact same age. One of us is alive. The other one is not. He struggled with his mental health gang badly. He ended up taking a dark path. He committed suicide in prison. But that's another story. Do you really think Colorado was going to turn their back on a Rashawn Salam if he had done something? Fuck no. You want to know why? Look at what Baylor did to Robert Griffin Jr. And I'm not saying he did anything wrong. But again, do you guys know how much money comes into your school during a Heisman campaign just on one fucking dude? Do you know how many people are doing stories on your school when one guy puts you in the fucking spotlight? You are not missing out on that money game. And there's no crime that you will not turn your back on in order to keep that publicity. Let Susie Q, let Deborah Johnson, let Stephanie Allen, whoever, come forward and say, your starting left tackle raped me last night. You're going to sit there as an athletic director, as a university president, as a head coach, and be like, oh, Stephanie, I'm really sorry. Then someone's going to say, hey, coach, we just sold out all the luxury suites for the next five years. You know what they're going to tell Stephanie? Oh, yeah, don't worry. Yeah, we'll look into it. They're not going to do a fucking thing. Gang, before I close this one out, it is every NCAA's uh, school's legal obligation <clears throat> to file all sexual assault, rape, harassment claims to the Title IX office. You're supposed to have a Title IX compliance officer on your campus. These rapes had been going on for some time. It took Baylor three years, three years, to file these complaints with the Title IX office. Just so happens, it's right when Baylor went from being the Care Bears to the Baylor Bears, right? It's right when they got that fucking enormous jumbotron that's bigger than my fucking house. So again, you can either sit there and listen to Rachel Johnson tell you about what happened between her and your starting running back, or you can sit there and stack paper. You'll never guess what NCAA athlete or fucking uh, programs choose to do. They're going to stack that paper, Jack. Again, our priorities are fucked up, and I kind of feel like a sellout because I just threw my own kind under the fucking bus for the last 45 minutes. And I understand, and I hope you guys understand that I was vague as shit. Uh, I I tell the ladies in my self-defense class, maybe this is something I'll learn when I become an eighth-degree black belt. I've learned a lot of things, but one thing I don't know how to do, and that is to read minds. Because I tell them, if I could spare you the pain of having to relive a memory, I would, but I can't. So again, the reason why I didn't get into a lot of fucking details, I don't know who's listening to this and getting into graphic detail. I don't want to trigger someone's dark spot. Someone who's listening to this podcast has been raped. Someone who's listening to this podcast has been raped and ignored. So that's why Uncle Bobby didn't get into a lot of fucking detail. So, gang, this is how this works out. Uncle Bobby gave you one fucking problem. So as a result, he's going to give you one fucking solution to the fucking culture of winning. Shut the fuck up. I mean, again, we've got police reports. We have firsthand accounts. We have collaborating stories. 
What we don't have is NCAA follow-through. Again, it, it, you want, again, this is the most useless organization. Uh, my main man, Vigo, I got to throw this one in for levity. Vigo from fucking John, they're useless, useless. Art Browse was simply fired because he was a bad look on the school. Joe Paterno was fired simply because it was a bad look for this school. They didn't get top dog NCAA sanctions for one reason and one reason only. They didn't break any NCAA rules. They didn't, right? So again, we, we, we need to do a whole reset. Again, the, the NCAA needs to go the way of Rome. And that is a useless organization. And again, if, if, if I can say anything positive to, to, to end this, ladies, and again, I'm talking to the ladies because that's what I do. Uncle Bobby believes you. And I'm not alone. Someone else will fucking believe your story, right? Do not stop complaining until you get that one ear that says, you know what? Yeah, and I'm going to help you see this all the way to the fucking end. So again, NCAA, you need to step your fucking game up. Ladies, if you are a victim of one of these assholes on an NCAA campus, maybe the coach can't do anything, but the police chief... And not campus police, but probably the actual police chief of the city. That fucker can help you out with some follow through. Gang, the big guy has depressed you, <laughs> but the big guy's held you long enough. He's signing the fuck off. Gin and truth. Let's go. Gin and truth.